I'm excited because I get to pray over Janelle. She's bringing the word today. But my, my heart, as you can see, is kind of overflowing. And, um, and I just wanted to commend my awesome colleague to you. Um, Janelle has been here. She precedes me. Um, she was already here at Christ Center. She's one of the few people on staff that, that actually wanted to be in the ministry. The rest of us wanted to be like authors and business people. Some of us wanted to be rock stars. And um, I, we don't know Love who's me. who. We don't know who's who. But, but, um, but Janelle, from a very early age, knew what she was called to do. And she knew that she was called to the equipping ministry and, and has been so faithful through the years. And um, so I'm really excited to get to pray over her as she prepares to preach. And she's spoken several times here and how many of you guys love it when Janelle preaches? Yeah, come on. Yeah, get ready. Get ready. Um, but um, we, uh, we recently did something, and, and I wanted to make you aware of it. Uh, we did a little name change because we were realizing when, see, when Red was the administrative pastor here, we called him the administrative pastor. And that worked great for us. We had a school. He was involved in that. And so then when we brought Janelle out of bookkeeping and promoted her and brought her on, as our administrator and then ordained her and she became an administrative pastor, I felt like that was serving very, very well. But occasionally we would go somewhere and we would be hanging out with other leaders and they would say, well, what are you doing? She'd say, well, I'm the administrative pastor at Christ Center. And they go, oh, you're the secretary. You know, the funny thing is that never actually happened to Red when he was the administrative pastor. And so now I don't know if that's just because they looked at Red and they're like, no. Nope. <laughs> It could be. I'm not saying it has to be specifically anything other than that. But we felt like we wanted to make sure and have a title for Pastor Janelle that was commensurate with what she does. And so we have, uh, we have updated the title. The job hasn't really changed because she's been doing it for years. And I love working with Pastor Janelle. Um, but she is our executive pastor. So uh, this is executive pastor Janelle Wallace. Yeah, come on. And she's not a secretary. Secretaries are amazing. And I'm really glad that we have administrative assistants and secretaries. So that's not diminished. But I want you to know that uh, Pastor Janelle has been an incredible, faithful servant of the Lord and leader in this house. And we so honor her. She's one of our elders. She's a phenomenal leader. She's been such a huge support to me. And how many of you have had Janelle? Just See, she's not as loud or as verbose as some people yes. on the stage yes. right now. She's like sneaky powerful is what she is. How many of you have had Janelle come up and give you a word or an encouragement or a gift? Yeah, and it just like, yeah, come on, keep your hands up. How many of you has had her like, yeah, bring that prophetic word you needed in season? Come on, yeah. She has been so faithful, and I'm so glad you're part of this team, and I'm so glad she's bringing the word today. Put your hands out. We're going to pray over Janelle as she begins to preach today. God, we thank you so much for Pastor Janelle. We thank you for the gift that she is in this eldership, the gift that she is on this team, the gift that she is, Lord, to me personally and to each of us personally. Lord, we ask that she would be uh, even all the more empowered and encouraged to be a servant of all, to lead in this house, Lord, to lead in our cities. We pray, Father, that if there has been any mark and maybe, and, and, well, not if there has, where there has been a mark or a carryover from an old paradigm of women not being able to lead and not being able to be powerful and bold and courageous. 
of women needing men as a covering, any of the nonsense that men have made up over the years and signed your name to it, Christ, you are our covering. We are all submitted to you, Jesus. And, and, and in that, we submit one to another. But in the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord, that Janelle would be powerful and free to be the leader that she is, and that every woman in this house would be powerful and free to be the woman and the leader that they're called to be. And God, we thank you so much for what you're doing. We thank you for the honor of not continuing to, to uh, continue the fall and the curse, but Lord, to celebrate the victory that you, Jesus, have broken every curse. And that includes the subjugation of women. And we praise you, God, that we get to receive these gifts, your daughters, powerful and free. We bless Janelle. We bless every woman in this house. In Jesus' name, amen? amen. All right, you guys ready to receive? Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Joshua. Um, I am super excited to introduce my oldest nephew, Jackson Davis. And he's... He's going to read the scripture for us today. Just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come to leave this world to go to the Father. Having loved his dear companions, he continued to love them right to the end. It was supper time. The devil by now had Judas, son of Simon, the Iscariot, firmly in his grip, all set for the betrayal. Jesus knew that the Father had put him in complete charge of everything, that he came from God and was on his way back to God. So he got up from the supper table, set aside his robe, and put on an apron. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples, drying them with his apron. When he got to Simon Peter, Peter said, Master, you wash my feet? Jesus answered, You don't understand now what I'm doing, but it will be clear enough to you later. Peter persisted, You're not going to wash my feet, ever. Jesus said, if I don't wash you, you can't be part of what I'm doing. Master, said Peter, not only my feet then, wash my hands, wash my head. Jesus said, if you've had a bath in the morning, you only need your feet washed now, and you're clean from head to toe. My concern, you understand, is holiness, not hygiene. So now you're clean, but not every one of you. He knew who was betraying him. That's why he said, not every one of you. After he had finished washing their feet, he took his robe, put it back on, and went back to his place at the table. Then he said, do you understand what I have done to you? You address me as teacher and master, and rightly so. That is what I am. So if I, the master and teacher, washed your feet, you must now wash each other's feet. I've laid down a pattern for you. What I've done, you do. I'm only pointing out the obvious. A servant is not ranked above his master. An employee doesn't give orders to the employer. If you understand what I'm telling you, act like it and live a blessed life. Go. My strict instructions were to not embarrass them any more than necessary. So I'm going to be on my best behavior. And um, Joshua said my title here is executive pastor, but my favorite title in the world is Aunt Nell. Um, oh, and he was the first to, to call me Aunt Nell. So I'm super proud of him. He's a four-point student, a three-sport athlete, a very good friend. And he tells people he's my favorite nephew. He's one of five. Um, there's others in here, so I can't answer that, but um, anyway, thank you, Jackson. I owe him for doing this, and I'm totally okay with that. So before we get going, I think we need to have a moment of prayer for the Cowboys-Eagles football game today, because um, I'm feeling nervous, right? There's something on that, Jason, right? How many uh, Cowboys fans are there in here? Ooh, ooh. Thank you, Marianne. That would, I'm afraid to ask the next part of the question. 
I, Jason said I shouldn't. I don't want to know about you Eagles fan, because that was the wrong answer. Oh, Jesus, help those Cowboys show up like we know they can. All right, amen. They're playing at like one today, so anyway, my sister doesn't do sports. I'm like, if I get the mic, we're going to talk about sports. All right, diving in. Last week, Jason left off. Um, where he left off was the triumphal entry, Jesus coming in with the palm branches and Hosanna. Um, Jerusalem grew to three times bigger in size over Passover. That makes me think about like the um, uh, cruise in when our town just like grows or the Scandinavian festival where it's like, I can't get through my own town right now. You know, it's just huge. Um, People were trying to see Lazarus, like working their way through the crowd. Is that him? No, I think his hair's longer than that. Trying to see this Lazarus that was raised from the dead. Um, There was crazy many arguments in the temple with the religious leaders. Um, They didn't have social media then, so they would have to go argue face to face. Um, The crowds were growing and following Jesus everywhere. And talk about tension. I was thinking about like in 2020 when, you know, our world was psychotic and the George Floyd thing was going on. And I remember driving in Eugene and you could just like feel that tension of just like what is going on. That's in my mind how I picture that to be. Um, They were expecting Jesus to either get arrested or rebel. And which now brings us to where we are for this portion of scripture. It's... um, Thursday, it's the, Jesus knew he was about to be crucified, like it's the day before all of that happened, and he was doing what I think, certainly what I would do, if I knew I was going to be separate from the people that I love, the people that are dearest to me, I would want to get them all together, I would want to eat together, talk together, like squeeze all five of my nephews to death, and just like, oops, get there, um, just have them have them near to me and get that connection together. Obviously, this is different than that, but that to me is kind of the mindset. He wanted to be with his closest, dearest people and also prepare them for what was coming the next several days and months. So this is uh, what we call the Last Supper. And when I hear the phrase, the Last Supper, I think of like the formal painting. um, Was it Da Vinci? Is that who did it? And the formal painting where they're all sitting on one side of a table, posed all awkward and very serious, very quiet, very respectful. So that's what my mind goes to because of that painting. And for me, when I read scripture, I like to think, like like try to imagine what they're thinking. What What is the setting? What are like the little details happening? And so I think, about my family. Like we're about to gather for Thanksgiving. There's 12, 12 of us. And um, like I said, my sister has five boys, so it's loud, kind of rowdy. Josh Davis, this man, is my brother-in-law, so you know it's loud, right? And um, yeah, thank you, Bo. Is that better? Bo, I'm making Bo have to work, sorry. Um, Josh Davis is loud. The boys are loud. My dad and I both talk a lot, and not many of the 13 or 12 of us are quiet. So 
who's the bossy one in this, this Da Vinci picture? Like, who's telling everybody where to sit? Who is, you know, making sure everybody has what they need and everything? So think about that. Like, who's, would you stop touching my food? You know I hate to share food. You know, that's, that's what I think was happening. I don't know if that's like in the deep Greek or not, but it's in, it's in Janelle Greek. So verse one is he knew the time had come and he continued to love them right to the end. Love them right to the end. Jesus loved his people, his homies, his bros, and he didn't stop loving them. The idea behind that phrase is like the full extent or the uttermost. I'm like, he knew he was going to give his life for them, so I feel like that is definitely the uttermost. And it means his love had no limits. Uh, in the concordance, um, it says, to the end means to the end of Jesus' earthly life. Though the disciples gave up on him, he never gave up on them. Though they stopped thinking about Jesus and were only thinking of themselves, he never stopped thinking of them. Whose problems were worse, Jesus or the disciples? Who was concerned more for the other? He loved them to the end. To the end means a love that will never end. Jesus will never stop loving his own, which is us. It isn't a love that comes and goes, or it's here today and gone tomorrow. That example of love serving in humility is what Jesus continues to show us, and especially in this story. Verse 4 after they were done eating, he got up and prepared to wash their feet. So literal washing of feet isn't really something that we do in this culture. Thank the Lord, because feet are disgusting. Um, so I think for us, it's just easy to blow on by that. Yeah, whatever. It was dirt road, so they washed feet. But um, just to dig into the IVP Bible background commentary, just a little bit of um, cultural context is the couches would be arranged around tables containing the food with the upper part of each person's body facing the food and their feet away from the table. Jesus would go to the outside of the circle to wash each person's feet. After travelers had come a long distance, the hope was to provide water for their feet as a sign of hospitality and exemplified by Abraham. Yet loosing sandals and personally washing someone else's feet was considered servile, most commonly the work of a servant or a very, a very submissive wives or children. Traveler sandals wouldn't necessarily be covered in dung like some scholars suggest because the side roads were very dusty. The main streets of Jerusalem, however, would have been kept clean as a city could make them, especially where Jesus was having this Passover meal. Jesus, removing his outer garments to serve them, would also appear as a uh, sign of great humility before them. Okay, so remember, we're going to think about this in our context. Jesus gets up from the table, takes off his outer garments, and goes and gets the basin. It's the foot-washing basin. Like, they all knew what he was doing. I am picturing myself, like, sitting by my sister, like, what is he doing? What is happening? What, like... This is not how we do it here. Were they thinking, oh, shoot, we didn't wash our feet right? He's going to, like, get the basin and show us what we, should, what we did wrong, what we should do better. 
I was thinking about being the first person that, washed, that Jesus washed their feet and how uncomfortable that would be because he's the Messiah and he is serving you. I would just be texting my sister and Jason going, what is happening? This is so uncomfortable. That's how I would be feeling. But he went around and washed everyone's feet. Everyone. He was humbly serving and tenderly caring for his people. Like that, that gets me choked up. Like him doing the most, um, what I would consider gross thing. Like I said, I don't like feet. And like he's willing to do serve with love and humility this way. So then he gets around the table to Simon Peter, who gets all dramatic. I think like big personality. And he's like, you can't wash my feet ever, 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 ever. That would be me. Um, <laughs> this foot washing was just a powerful lesson in humility, but it was more than that. It shows that Jesus has no fellowship, no deep connection with those who haven't been cleansed by him. The same well-meaning well but false humility would prevent him and does prevent so many of us from stopping to receive at the hands of the Lord spiritual wa- at that spiritual washing which is necessary for, have us, for us to have part of him. I'm going to be honest. I would have been like Peter and said the exact same thing. You cannot wash my feet. Like feeling self-righteous and proud of myself. Well, they let you, but I will not because I will serve you, Lord. And probably a little bit self-righteous in there. But it would be so uncomfortable because I'm not worthy. Please don't do this. I think Peter wanted to tell Jesus what to do. Like, oh, hello, that sounds like me, right? You guys know one of my titles is boss of everyone. I can't tell Jesus what to do. <laughs> Verse 8, unless I wash you, then you can't be part of what I'm doing. You guys, Peter had walked alongside Jesus. He heard him teach these stories that we read now. He was there. He heard it. He walked on water, like literally walked on water. And yet he had to hear from Jesus. If you don't accept me washing you, you can't be part of what I'm doing. If you don't let me serve you, if you don't receive from me, you can't can't be part of what I'm doing. I can so relate to Peter. Like I'm just like, yeah, bro, I would be right there with you. Just like, nope. Nope, you are the Messiah. You're the son of God. Like, don't do this. That would be me is like hiding my feet. Don't do this. Let me serve you. And this uh, chore, this um, was washing feet, was a job for the newbie servant. It was very entry level. But yet he served his closest people, the people that he loved the most. And that, to me, is the most beautiful picture of Jesus being the ultimate servant. I'm so thankful he didn't have to, Jesus didn't say, you have to be the most brilliant or the most, the best Bible expert or the most, you know, the most rich or all on and on. But he's like, no, be a servant. Accept, accept my humble service. Connecting with him starts with accepting his humble service to cleanse me, just me. 
we have to admit we need to be washed by Jesus and let him do it. I hate admitting I have a need. I am kind of stubborn and I really find joy in like serving other people. And I, I hate to admit that. And so for me, just pondering this the last number of days is really uncomfortable. Like that admitting that we have a need is, it's hard. It's really hard. Verse nine, master said Peter, not only my feet, then wash my hands, wash my head. Jesus said, if you've had a bath in the morning, you only need your feet washed now and you're clean from head to toe. My concern, you understand, is holiness, not hygiene. So now you're clean. We're bathed when we first put our trust in Jesus, when we do that accepting of, of him serving us. He forgives us, and that's when that bathing comes. And then, it's in, as in Ephesians, we're washed in the water of his word. Verse 14 now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set for you an example that you should do as I have done for you. So this isn't just about literal foot washing. What, what does this look like to wash someone's feet in our culture? I would suggest that it's about servanthood, uh, maybe making space and time for somebody that needs, needs something from you, helping uh, wash the stuff off of, you know, they're traveling in a hard season and just being there to wash that off of them. Um, washing the feet of people we love sometimes can be really challenging. I think for most of us, you know, serving those closest to us are, it's easy most of the time. Um, easier for sure than the jerks in our life or the people that take a lot of grace for us to, to be in relationship with them, yet alone our enemies. For me, um, loving my people and serving my people is pretty easy just because, like I said, that's like how I'm wired is to serve people and uh, help care for their needs. Um, so that's, that's most days not super hard. Uh, what does that look like for me? I think for me, giving my gift of time is a huge act of service because, you know, we're pretty busy. The gift of being present, uh, making people laugh, I think is a huge way we can serve each other. Um, clean their kitchen, vacuum their car. I love a clean car. Helping them move, that's a big, huge, giant way to serve people. Uh, making them a meal. Um, dropping off a coffee just to say, hey, I see you. I know, I know it's a hard season. I know you're exhausted. When I think about serving people I love, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's pretty easy. I can do that. I think about like Abby. She's one of my favorite people on the planet and she's super easy to love and serve. Like I'm often thinking, okay, how could I encourage her? How could I love her? And sometimes it's, I'm at Costco and I bring her eggs and butter because butter means love in my family. And you know what, that's easy. That doesn't cost me a ton um, because she, I love her, I would do anything for her. Um, oh, she's looking at me. <laughs> um, and she's easy to serve, right? After uh, 
our mom died, Karen got my sister and I each three pounds of butter and tied it in a little ribbon. And I'm telling you, I've never felt so loved in my life. Like, butter is love. It was so special. Anyway, you know I can't not talk about butter. <clears throat> but Jesus is telling us, if you, if you want to love me, love one another. And I think he's not talking about the easy to love. I mean, he is a little bit, but he's definitely focusing on the not so easy ones. Um, thinking about maybe our coworkers or employees or those people that we, you know, the bank teller that is rude to you every single day. Uh, quite a few years ago, I worked with this lady and she didn't like me. And she made work a drag, if I'm being honest. And I kind of dreaded going to work, um, loved my job, didn't love the relational dynamics. And kind of whatever I did, she was offended or she, I hurt her feelings a lot. And also I was younger and this mouth kind of got me into trouble, so it wasn't all her. But in this working relationship, I just really felt like the Lord was like, you need to serve her. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> just being honest today. And okay, so I tried little things. It didn't go well. I'm like, see God? I tried. I tried, so I'm done. And he's like, nope, you need to serve her. And argued often. And you need to serve her. So I'm like, finally, I'm like, okay, okay. And this was longer than I care to admit how long it took me in this story. Um, but he's like, I want you to serve her. So I started looking for little ways to serve her and bless her and encourage her and show her how much I valued her. And so, you know, cleaning her office when she wasn't there or, you know, doing a job in the office that everyone hated to do, but just doing it for her, just to bless her, bring her a coffee, bring her flowers. And slowly my heart towards her started to change. My, my actions, you know, led the way for me to say, oh yeah, I, I can serve her. I do value her. And um, once my heart got pure, like I had breakthrough. It's like, oh, I actually love you. I really care about you and I want to hang out with you. Once I was willing to humble myself and serve and love her with a pure heart. But again, that took a while. So as a you know, 30 second story that was over several years. So in verse 17, if you understand what I'm telling you, act like it and live a blessed life. Act like it, do what I'm telling you. I love that direct speak. So after I humbled myself, after I got my heart right and served this lady, I had more peace, more joy at work, and I was indeed living that blessed life and loved coming to work again. Jesus was the humble servant. He led by example. He showed us how to walk in humility. How are we doing that? How are you doing that? Are you guys thinking of some ways that you can do that for people? Jesus loved them right until the end. He calls us to love people that might not love God. They might think polar opposite than us. They might be completely, you know, their, their core values couldn't be further. He, he's calling us to love the just the annoying coworker, the ones that are simply jerks. He's calling us to love them. 
And at this last supper, Jesus even washed Judas, the betrayer's feet. I still, like, when I think about that, that just blows my mind. Like, what the heck? It was a matter of moments before he was going to get betrayed, and Jesus was washing his feet? Are you kidding me? I couldn't even wash a coworker's feet. You know, it took me two years to be nice to her. What the heck? <laughs> it's just crazy to me. So in verse 18 through 30, he's talking to them about, about Judas, the one who's about to betray him. So it picks up in verse 21. After he said these things, Jesus became visibly upset, and then he told them why. One of you is going to betray me. The disciples looked around to one another, wondering who on earth he was talking about. You guys, what on earth? Can you imagine? Picture yourself sitting around a table with people that you've known for years. You've loved them. They're like your people. I was thinking in my context about this, like picturing me at an elders meeting. We all sit around a table. These are people that I've loved and served with for a long time. And like people that, like your ride or die people are sitting around this table. And he's talking about one of them. What? I think about, you know, Jesus said one of you is going to betray me. And okay, so I'm in this setting, the elders meeting, and I look up and I see Pastor Mark and his big brown puppy dog eyes looking at me. I'm like, is it, is it him? Is he thinking it's me? Because it couldn't be me. But is it I? What the heck? And then I have to avoid, avoid eye contact with Mark because he might be thinking it's me. As I sit there looking at these people that I love. I don't want to look at them because it's one of them is going to betray him. And then maybe my thoughts wander towards Sarah Haig. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I've kind of always been suspect of her. <laughs> right? Right, Jason? Right? No, don't answer that. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I have been... Yeah. She's always, always so nice and kind. What the heck? She's kind of quiet. But I remember that one time she got so stubborn and she did that thing. Hmm. Yeah. Hey, you can't trust the quiet ones. You can't trust her. <laughs> hey, shut up. <laughs> Boys, we don't say that. Ay, ay, ay. Can you guys just feel my dad dying right now? Uh, you can't trust the quiet ones. It must be Sarah. It must be her. She has to be the betrayer. It must be Sarah Haig. You guys, can you imagine? Like, that Sarah, I've worked with her for years. I love that woman. I would do anything for her. And I trust her with my life. We've worked together. We've served together. We've cried together. And she's going to sell us out. Like, what? Think about what they must have been thinking. Like, I love these people. And somebody here is going to sell, sell us out. So I was a child of the, like, 80s. And we often did, like, literal foot, foot washing ceremonies. Thank you, Jesus. We don't do that anymore. Um, <laughs> Mark and his big old hairy toes. Gross. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, um, so 
we, so by this point in my life, we lived here, I was on staff here, and there was a person who had authority in this house, and he was a jerk. Am I allowed to say that in church? Because he was a jerk. I didn't care for him. They used their influence to throw their weight around and get what they wanted here. Kind of treated our family like crap. And I didn't like him. He was hard to get along with. I didn't want to serve with him, let alone hang out with him. And one day, I was complaining to the Lord about him, you know, because God loves that. It's clear in scripture. Yeah, complain to me. And the Holy Spirit just made it clear as day. I want you to wash his feet. I'm like, no, you know. And I kind of went on the list of things about him I didn't care for. And he's like, nope, you're, you're going to do this. And we argued and argued and argued. Uh-huh, not great. Um, I don't recommend it. So, I mean, this was, I would dare say months. You know, time gets blurry. But uh, finally, finally, I was like, all right, all right, I'll do it. If we have a foot washing service at church, I'll do it. Fine. Because at that point, it had been years since we had had one, so I felt pretty safe to say, fine, I'll do it. So guess what? <laughs> the very next Sunday, I came to church. Right over here was a whole row of chairs and basins, and I'm just like, ugh. Are you kidding me right now? Also, feet are gross. And so, of course, then I had to do it. I didn't have to. I needed to obey the Lord and repent to him for not honoring him as a leader in this house. It was really hard. It was really hard. He, in my opinion, was still kind of a jerk, but that didn't matter. The Lord told me I needed to honor him. I needed to serve him and do this for him. And I definitely received breakthrough at that point towards him. Um, you know, he's still, anyway, I got, I got some breakthrough that I was looking for. And this man wasn't a betrayer. He wasn't like the Judas. He wasn't necessarily my enemy, but he wasn't easy for me to love, and frankly, not even like. But you guys, Judas served, I'm sorry, Jesus served and washed Judas's feet. Judas himself, the ultimate humility. So if Jesus can do that for the one who in a matter of moments, hours, whatever it was, and he knew was going to betray him, then I think when he asks us to serve people like this, he's going to help us. He's going to give us that grace we need to, to choose to be humble, to choose to say, okay, this is really hard, but I'm going to love and serve you. He tells us to love our enemies when it's convenient. Nope, unfortunately not. He tells us to do that no matter what, no matter what. It's so easy, you know, I compare this man and Abby. I would way rather love and serve Abby because she's easy to love. But he's not giving us that option, unfortunately. So what does this look like in our everyday life? What does foot washing that we don't do in this culture look like to serve. Um, Jesus is telling us to follow his lead. So who is it that you have been 
that's coming to mind as I've been talking today? Who's the jerk in your life? Who's the eh, person in your life that the Lord maybe is challenging you on? <laughs> You're being distracting. <laughs> who, who is that person that the Lord is challenging you to do? Because remember, he washed Judas's feet. He washed the ultimate betrayer's feet. Who is it that he's asking you to first of all even be willing to serve? Because remember, it took me month, weeks and months to be willing to serve these two examples that I gave. Is it the jerk at work? I sure hope not. He's a jerk, right? She's only been awful to you maybe. Is she the one that God is asking you to consider? Who is it that he's bringing to mind? Um, Jason showed these photos, I don't know, about a year or so ago, but they are just such a beautiful representation of what we're talking about. Like Jesus washing feet of those who are hard to love, that are different than, from us, that are the jerks. They're awful to us, or we think so differently from them. And um, as the prayer team is coming right now, please, um, we're going to take, we're just going to take a couple of minutes and just think about that. And we're going to ask the Lord, if you're willing, to bring those people to mind, to, to help us be willing to even possibly consider it. Or maybe today you know, yep, I have to go tomorrow to work and serve this person. So while Bo plays a little bit of music, we're just going to take a minute and just watch these photos. They're gorgeous by um, Salt and Gold Collection is the artist. She's amazing. And just let's do some business with the Lord about um, who are you asking me to serve, Lord? And maybe if you were like me, you need to do some repenting of, ooh, I didn't or I haven't even been willing so we'll just take a minute now and do some business with Jesus.
Maybe for some of us, um, our family is who we need to focus on. Maybe the kids, like raising, the dailiness of raising kids is, is hard and long. Maybe it's your in-laws. I know some of us definitely need to love and actively serve people that are politically so different or their core values um, are so like polar opposite from us or those people at work that frankly are just annoying and drive you crazy. I think people with addictions that you can't relate to. Maybe the Lord's asking us to consider that further consider serving them. What does that look like? What does that look like for us to serve the ones we love and the ones that aren't as easy to love? So the prayer team is here today. Um, And if you're anything like me, you need some prayer, some help to be able to be willing to serve. Um, And we would just love to pray with you. Just take time to Just ask the Lord to help you. Ask him to give you that courage, give you that humility that he so shows us over and over and over in scripture. But please take advantage of them. Come and get their courage, their strength, their faith because we need each other in this, right? We need each other to to walk a humble service lifestyle. So Bo's going to play some music. If you need to leave, bless you. Have a great day. Um, But please leave quietly so the rest of us that are doing business with the Lord can finish that. And please don't miss out on an opportunity to come get prayer.